Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. And sitting right next to me in Oakland, California, is the bubbly and sparkling <laughs> Steph Walton. I'm so bubbly. <laughs> I love how you sing everything. <laughs> it's what keeps me sane yeah. and makes me seem insane, but it keeps me like, okay, I ground when I do that, like, I'm so bubbly. <laughs> and you have such a, great, you? Uh, such a great voice. Oh, I'm okay. I'm irritated and frustrated like usual because of the news. Please. Because of everything. <laughs> I'm I'm so busy as a human being in my life right now. You know, I mean, I, I have a job, right? I have two kids. I have a hubby. We have two dogs and a cat. And I'm running for office. <laughs> so I, what I You're found so cray. is... I am cray. That's not serene. It's it's satisfying. And, it, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm busy. Like every minute is spoken for. Yeah. But then what is kind of serene is I haven't been as hanging on every single news thread. Lucky you. Right? Yeah. And then I made myself real mad watching all of the Corey Lewandowski clips. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's... There was a 30 there was a 30 minute YouTube. It was a, it was a PBS link on YouTube and it was the entire uh, Q&A with Barry Burke. Mm-hmm. Do you know the dude that no. the the Dems brought in to cross-examine, I guess cross-examine. To oh, right. William Burke. Yeah. Or no, out of no, Barry Burke. No, sorry. Barry Burke. Barry Burke. Sorry. My mind is and not working was, properly. I mean, it like Lewandowski, first of all, mm-hmm. is such an entitled pile of caca. Yeah. Like with those thin pursed, mm-hmm. that, that tight mouth that he's always got. And just that, I mean, you know, how he treats women, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you can just tell mm-hmm. how disgusting. Yeah. If he treats white men, <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> the way he treated Barry Burke yesterday, and David Cicilline, and and Nadler, and I mean, it was crazy. I he lost his he lost his footing when um, I cannot pronounce her name, the congresswoman from Washington State. Um, Rajapal. Who? You know who I'm talking about? Oh, uh, let's see. She's on the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, I know. I think you're. I think I know who you're talking about. But I'm gonna look. A, I'm gonna look, look it up. up. Yeah. Anyway, she shut him down. She got him. Like she's like, dude, you are lying. You know, you. Um, it was, it was one of the most spectacular things. Rayaj, uh, Rayajapal. I don't know how to say her name. I don't. Hang I don't. On. I don't know. Hang on. Anyway, she's a she's a badass from uh-huh. from um, from Washington State. Anyway, it, it. But but here's the thing: you have intelligent people who care about the rule of law. J- who, it's J A Y A P A L. Yes. J- Is yeah. It pr- Pramila. Pramila. Yes, and I did see her, and she was freaking awesome. Um, but but so here you have this person who is in Congress, who is fighting for um, immigrants' rights, who's down at the border, who's doing all of the right things for human beings. She stands for the rule of law. She she pressed 
Corey Lewandowski so hard mm. to answer questions, and he just he refused to answer questions. Yeah. He refused to yeah, answer he questions. He was just for obstructing. And, but she she put the screws to him. Yeah, and he was lost. And you know that that was probably. Um, that got under his skin mm-hmm. oh, for the absolutely. reasons that I don't even need. I don't, I don't even need to go down that path, but we know why. Um, yes, absolutely. You know what? I want to, I want to talk a little bit about not only that, what he did, um, but a, the ne- never Trumpers criticism of Democrats and B something Bob Suska has been saying. But first uh, I want to bring up the fact that um, before we get into any real talk, like serious talk, Start Me Up is a podcast supported by listeners. We don't have corporate funding and we don't use advertisers right now. So that means the show survives on all of your support. So I'm just asking that you become, you please consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount. Sign up for a dollar. You won't even miss it. That's 12 bucks a year. If you get uh, $5, get you into the end another thing segments, which we record at least twice a month. Uh, Listen to some past shows. Just last week, I interviewed actresses Holland Taylor and Kristen Johnston. I chatted with anti-racism expert Tim Wise and even interviewed Gloria Allred. But I don't usually schedule, I don't usually schedule four interviews in a week. It just happened to turn out that way. Um, But anyway, take a listen to some of the shows. If you like what you hear, please sign up at patreon.com slash start me up and then i just want to have i want to say we have a little bit of news start me up is now part of the demcast network and if you're not sure what that means tune in tomorrow because i'm going to be talking with uh the founder nick knudsen he's going to explain what it's all about there's a uh there's a real quick overview that it's a grassroots media for the people by the people but he's going to be really uh you know detailed and he's going to tell everybody what's it all about and um i hope you'll tune in so there you go the ads out of the way and now we can talk some real shit (laughs) about some shit talk some shit about some shit and we will be doing and another thing today so there's that um yeah i think that i think that yesterday was it was infuriating but the i think that there were no surprises who expected Corey lewandowski to behave Nobody, right? Um, this is an impeachment hearing. This is an impeachment inquiry. No matter what it's called or how it's defined, this is an investigation. And although the Democrats have some power, it's, it's not very much. And, um, you know, I see people are getting really upset, like Rick Wilson, and, you know, the, the Never Trumper crowd is screaming about what a bunch of um, inept assholes Democrats are who don't know how to do anything and it's like okay well Trump owns the fucking DOJ and the FBI the Republicans are doing nothing what are the Democrats supposed to do if they do decide to send him to jail a there is no capital jail and b they would have to just put him in a room right they just have to stick him in a room and hold him there and then the story as Bob Seska was talking about becomes all about how Democrats are torturing Trump officials and it takes the spotlight off of what's really happening off of the obstruction and the lies and the stonewalling and and then if they find them which I th- I think we could do that we could say hey you you're you're being fined for lying or whatever it is but then what happens they don't pay the fine maybe at some point they get thrown in jail maybe and if that happens I Trump wish. Trump pardons them so what and you know so yeah there there would be a show but you know one of the points that bob made was that if we behave like they do um 
we lose. You know, we just lose. We can't, well, well, we can't sink to their level. No, 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 no. I saw, I saw that tweet of Bob's and I, I agree. We can't. And you know, the glorification or the re, you know, here, here's another thing that I really want to resist calling names, although it's hard with someone like Corey Lewandowski <laughs> because he is just such caca poo poo. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't. <laughs> and you're being so sweet. That's not what I would call him. <laughs> I know. Well, you should hear what I say in my mind. Um, but it doesn't, you know, look at what Trump does. You yeah. know, everybody's got a nickname, you know, the, I still, uh, you know, he, he comes out and he calls Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, which yeah. is so racist, mm -hmm. but you know, he hasn't, he hasn't called Julian Castro, right? you know, uh, a derogatory name for Mexican or for Cuban. Um, although that it's not below him because he has attacked Lewis, John Lewis. So. Well, but what has he called him? Well, that's true. He said he, he, he doesn't call he him hasn't, a name. He hasn't, he hasn't called him a name. Right. You're right. Um, but he, but he does, he circumvents, uh, going direct with like, you know, the, you know, just saying a flat out racist, hideous remark, um, about the Castro brothers. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to glorify it with the name that he could call them. He goes, <laughs> he makes his, he makes his point by saying, I love Hispanics. Right. Where's my black guy? Right. Where's my, where's my Hispanic? He doesn't even look Hispanic. He's whiter than me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so, you, he says these things. He just said this about somebody Cortez or whatever. Like I try not to, I, I try to pay him no mind yeah. like in his rallies. Like I don't cause it, it, it rots my brain and, and, and makes me want to have a, a, a heart attack yeah. cause I get so upset. But here's the thing. If, if every single one of us sane Democrats or, or, or Republicans who just don't believe in racism and corruption in the White House, that it doesn't belong there, we all just need to show up in November. There's nothing we can do. We, keep, yeah. we can keep you know, fighting the good fight all the way along and marching and, and knocking doors and making phone calls and making donations and doing all that is necessary to get people motivated to vote. But if we don't continue to call him out for what he is and these, and all 4,200 uh, Democrats running for president right now, don't continue to call him out for what he is and say, here's how we beat him. Mm -hmm. Then we lose. Yeah, absolutely. Then we lose. And then what happens? Then our planet like, you know, this all this Greta Thunberg stuff that's yeah. coming out. Like, my little girl, you know, my daughter, mm -hmm. she's pretty freaking woke, though, and she's 11 <laughs> and a half. She comes in last night, and she goes, Mom, I need you to watch this. It's 11 Aww. and a half minutes. And I go, what is it? And she goes, first of all, Aww. you're going to cry. And I go, okay. <laughs> and she knows I cry. I, like, I like <laughs> cry yeah. like that all the time, where I'm, like, practically, like, spitting through my nose. <laughs> so she goes, watch it, and it's a, it's a TEDx talk from Stockholm, and it's Greta, and it's from last year. And she talks about, you know, what's going to happen if we don't get our mm -hmm. shit together. Like, I won't live to see my 75th birthday and certainly my children and grandchildren. Like, there's no hope. Yeah. Species are dying 200 yeah. per day. You know, we have to stop these emissions. Everybody talks about it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, there this give this gives me hope because my daughter. Yeah. Is is talking about this stuff. 
And, you know, are we going to, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. We're going to trade our nice cars in for plug-in vehicles. We're going to, we're going to dump a car and get an electric bike. Yeah. We're going to, we are going to alter our lives. We're going to stop wasting so much food because the production of that food requires press precious resources. And so let's, let's get like, let's really drill down. It's not, you know, people say things like, oh, well, on a municipal level, you can't save water to the degree that we need to, that it's going to affect the environment. Bullshit, mm -hmm. motherfuckers. Yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, Bullshit, we can. motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. We're going to cut. We're going to cut it down. We have got, everybody has to play a part. Yeah. Every single person that's alive who can think for themselves and who can look beyond any grandparent that has, that has children who are grandchildren who are coming up. We got to wake up every single one of us. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yes. I mean, I'm, I, I don't feel very hopeful about the climate because um, I don't know that we're going to get our shit together. And I actually think that we've already um, gone past the point, but I'm not going to say that there is no hope. I think there's hope. It's just, you know, all, all hope really um, relies on, how we behave, we as American voters behave on November 3rd, 2020. And th it's just so freaking crucial. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, with, with all of the anger, and it's, I understand it. There is anger at the Democrats because, because people feel they're not holding people like Corey Lewandowski accountable. But, but again, I go back to what are they supposed to do? They don't have the legal power. Right now, the majority of power sits with the Republicans, which I don't even think that they deserve to be called Republicans or conservatives. They're right-wing extremists who have taken over the party. And they are behaving like oligarch dictators. They are mm -hmm. attempting a coup, and they're kind of already successful in many different ways. And as I've maintained, the the one wild card in 2020 is going to be Russia. But we're going to be able to overcome, I believe, whatever kinds of warfare, interference, whatever you want to call it, goes down. Because if we show up at, you know, I mean, there, Bob, I did Bob's show yesterday. And he was talking about, he read some article about, this was the second expert who believes that there's basically going to be a blue flood in 2020. And... I don't Who? know. I don't remember his name, but it's this the same idea where you have an election expert because there was this one guy. His name is Michael McDonald, and he predicted it was I think in May of this year. He predicted a blue flood. He thinks there's going to be 67 percent turnout, and this was all based on the 2018 midterm election turnout and the fact that the majority of people who voted in 2018 based their vote on Trump for or against. So the same things, you know, they're they're anticipating the same. Um, kind of turnout for 2020. And the only thing that's going to get in our way is Russia. We're going to mm -hmm. have to, and, and so what does that mean? Is there going to be, are we just dealing with disinformation campaigns or are we dealing with, uh, and I'm, I'm sure we are, uh, election, you know, different different states that the Russians, I guess the Russians were able to at least try to get into all 50 states last time. So they're going to do it again. We, and we're not doing anything about it, right? We don't have paper ballots set up. We don't have something to protect our elections, our electoral system, our elect, uh, uh, um, election systems. So that is a big fat wild card, and I really don't know. But I do think, though, if we can flood them, if we can flood the polls, 
the, that we will overcome whatever they're trying to do, whether it's changing vote totals, if they're, if they're capable of doing that, which I think they are, and I think they actually did. Um, I don't think that's going to be reported on at this point in time because what that would do is just make everybody feel like, well, then what's the point of voting and I'm not going to vote? So we can't, we can't have that. I think that if it, ever, if, if it ever comes out that the Russians were actually able to change voting numbers, uh, that would be after Trump is out and we fix the system and then we can go back and say, here's what happened. Um, and here's how we've protected our systems. Other than that, we're, mm -hmm. we're never going to know. We're just never going to know. And, you know, the Republicans are going to continue to obstruct and, and engage in criminal activity and engage in immoral activity. And we are at the mercy. And all we can do is try to hold on to our sanity because we can't, you know, we just can't become like them. If we do, the American spirit experiment dies. So, you know, I think that there's hope, but it all hinges on next November. Right. I know I sound like a... A Debbie Downer, but I don't really think that there's, I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. You know, I mean, I, I think that we can do it. We did it in 2018. I think we can do it in 2020. Um, but we all just have to be serious about it. And I mean, I don't care who the nominee is. We have to vote for that nominee. Period. I mean, we've said this Period and we keep saying, it. yeah, we ha we've said it and we can't, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden. I will vote for him. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was pretty fucked up on the debates the other night. And, and frankly, I mean, I just want to say this and I've said this on Bob's bo to both of Bob's shows. But when he when he answered uh, that question about how to, you know, deal with basically re either reparations or with with black people and slavery, slavery and how do we make up for that? His answer, I was on the computer while he was talking. I was only half listening to what he said. When he mentioned playing stereos and words, I looked at Bob, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? I, I didn't even realize what he was saying. And my white privilege allowed me to just go, you know, like, what? I, I didn't even get it. Until black people started tweeting and saying, oh my God, he's saying we don't know how to be parents. And, you know, there's a lot, he has a huge 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 support from the black community and i mm -hmm. think i think primarily it's because a name recognition b he's connected to obama and i believe that black people are they have it the worst they're the most frightened and they want to go to a place where they feel safe and joe biden makes them feel safe but my concern is you know i mean a lot of black pundits pointed out that what he said is very dangerous for a, for a general because what could happen is it takes the, well, the both sides are guilty of it. Mm -hmm. Not that I think he's a racist, but it certainly mm -hmm. could be twisted to sound like he's a racist by Trump. And it doesn't matter that Trump is a full-blown obvious racist. Clearly, that doesn't matter. He does it every day. And he's not held accountable for it. But when he points the finger at somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden, what that does is it signals people who are, who are not really paying that close attention or independents who, you know what, are casual racists and they don't really care. Then they see it as both sides. And, and you know, I think ultimately the economy is going to wind up hurting Trump uh, more than anything. But I, right. but I see a danger in, you know, Joe, I mean, if Joe Biden continues to hold on to his lead and the support from the black community, then of course it only makes sense that he should be the one to be the nominee. But I do think that he 
is tone deaf. He's from a different era. And I think he is extremely off-putting to so many people who are paying attention. You know, it's like there's, and, I, and I'll probably say his, his name wrong, but I think it's Ellie Mistal. Uh, quoted. Oh God, Ely Mistal. I love. Yes, well, maybe Mistel. it is Ellie. I, I, I love him. Well, he wrote. He wrote. He tweeted. This seems to be the week where black people who have been paying attention are trying to tell black people who have not been paying attention Biden is not the one, and that's it. That's it. So you know, I mean, I, it's like th- I just get concerned about Biden. It's not that I think he's a big villain, and it's not that I think he's a big racist, but I don't, I don't have confidence that he's going to be able to handle himself on a debate stage with Trump because he thinks what it's going to take is some dick swinging, and Trump has a bigger dick, period. Joe Biden isn't Ew. mean. Well, I just mean, you know. I know, but, I know, but, but it's I just, like, Actually, like, he oh. has a little mushroom dick, as we know. But but Biden Ew, isn't a mean person. Ew. No, I know. No, Biden's not a mean person. Biden's just a gaffer. Always has been. Yeah. I think I think Biden's a good person. Yes. I I I personally um he's not as sharp as no. I as as he's Elizabeth not. Warren like or Bernie. And, and who and who wants to be yelled at by by Bernie for 4 years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um, with it pointing his finger, I wrote the damn bill. But I mean, you know what, what? Bernie? Yeah. Bernie is sharper it's than he good. is. <laughs> oh, by a mile. Yeah. So it's like by a mile. I, I, I want to just stick this in there because I know Biden overcame um, a stutter, and so while he's on stage and he's searching for words, occasionally he he does a stutter, which appears to make him look a little doddering. But when you go back to when he was younger, he didn't have the problem of stuttering. After he overcame it, he was, ov- he was able to sound more clear. So I believe his age is catching up with him. And this isn't about ageism, because I look at Bernie and I say, the dude's sharp. I don't like him, but the dude is sharp and he's running around. He's like, I don't know if you saw that video where he was like hitting um, like a punching bag. And then it hit him in the face. Did you ever see that? Mm. That was so funny. Um, but the dude's I'm got. I'm sorry that I. <laughs> it, it was so it funny. Was so no, great. it was hilarious. It was so... <laughs> but the guy's got stamina. He's got. He's sharp. I don't see that coming from Biden, and it concerns me. It just concerns me. If he were my mm-hmm. father, I would say, "Dad, don't run. I'm worried about you." It doesn't come from not liking him. It comes from being concerned because I would be so thrilled if he's the fucking nominee, I'm going to be running to the fucking polls to vote for him. Maybe he's not my first choice and I'll be disappointed that it's not who I want. But I don't give a shit. We got to get this maniac out of office. Of course. So I yeah. told you, I'm voting for a, a flaming bag of hair. <laughs> I vo- I'd vote... I mean, honestly, okay, but listen to this real quick. We could think of a million. I'd vote for anyone. Yeah. Any person is better than Even any Andrew person Yang. on that <laughs> is better than Trump. Yeah. All of it. I, I okay. totally agree. Okay. Can, um, oh God, is my brain so fried that I just <laughs> forgot what I was going to say to you? No, I remembered. So a while back I, I did this event in Oakland. We talked about it on the podcast, but I'm just going to refresh cause it was so, um, I was, I was floored by these, these women who've been, they work for the NAACP in Oakland and they're just, they're in touch, in tune. They're out there doing, you know, important work in, in, in my community to keep people, you know, to promote equity and to promote, 
just all the goodness that that we want for you know equality and you know everybody deserves a shot and yet they are like tuned into what's going on you know at very yeah. high levels politically and they're they're older than me i would say they were probably in their mid 60s so they've been around a little longer and um that one of them came from i believe mississippi another one was from a, a different southern state which i can't recall anyway they said look Biden's getting the nomination and Stacey Abrams is going to be his um, mm-hmm. running mate. We are middle of the road, moderate Democratic b- voters, right? Black women. This is what we say mm-hmm. is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but the they they get to say. Oh, yeah. Because because they can swing this thing for us. Oh, right? absolutely. We need we need. S- yeah. We can't count on white women. That's for sure. <laughs> Kimberly, it's all my fault. <laughs> no, but I mean, you no, know, it's it, true. It went, it went, it went the wrong way last time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I love the thought of a Biden Abrams ticket because I love the fact that Stacey Abrams is on that ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Joe Biden's not. He he couldn't do two terms. He'd be eighty two. Yeah. Um. That by the time the second term, and I'm sorry, no. Yeah. And so, but the other possibility is. I don't think Biden and Bernie are going to make it. I think it's going to be Elizabeth Warren. I really, truly Well, do. she needs to win black voters over because she has a real problem with them. And even though she's been climbing in the polling and the numbers, she's got a serious issue. Like uh, Steve Kornacki, right after the debate, did a, yeah. um, you know. Breakdown. Uh, yes, a breakdown and showed Drill that. down. For, yeah, 45% of black voters uh, stood behind Biden while only like 10 yeah. 10 for one. It, she has a huge, 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 huge mountain she has to climb. And can, okay, I mean, I think she's capable, but she's got to do, do it. I do too. So she's got to do it. So she's got to focus on that. Let's get her there. Yeah. Um, and then let's, well, you know who loves her is, is it Ellie Mistal or Ely? I, I think it's, I think you're right. It's Ellie. I've always called I him love Ellie, him. but I, I know he's great. He, I think you're right. I heard, I heard he's, he's always on the MSNBC shows yeah. and he's my favorite with that hair. And he's just so like, <laughs> he's like, okay, did I, I, I'm not going to hold back. And we're like, Ellie, when do you ever, he's my favorite on Twitter. Like I, he's just, he's just so brilliant. Anyhow, what if it was. Elizabeth Warren and Andrew Gillum. Hmm. Or oh, wow. Warren yeah. And Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Oh, my God. Two, I know. I don't know. Two if, chick ticket. I don't know if the two chick ticket would work. I mean, I would love to believe that we could do that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the thing is, is that my concern are the independents. My concern is all the misogynists out there. It, it's hard enough to, to hope that they'll vote for one at the top of the ticket. But I mean, of course, I think I think. Stacey Abrams would be great with Warren. I, I, I think the two of them would be fucking phenomenal. And then after Warren is done, then Abrams takes over. Oh, my God. That would be just dream mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, you know, I, I don't what did you let me ask you this. What did you think of Castro going after Biden? <sighs> yeah, pretty you much. Know, you know <laughs> that that just hurt my soul because yeah. here's what here's how it came across to me. Um. I thought it's uh, he came across as ageist, and I hate that. Yeah. And then he said, look, this is a debate. This is how it happens. This is what we do. I had to turn that debate off because, to me, it was just a ginormous shit show. Um, 
it what they weren't accomplishing anything and what excuse me are are, are women's issues ever going to come up i know do we do we ever plan to talk about that and when does why does elizabeth warren get zero talk time i know i was tweeting Not that zero, was but happening. very, little. very I'm, little i'm exaggerating but come on so here's the thing Julian came across as ageist, but Julian mm-hmm. is throwing himself out there to get recognized. Like yeah. He's hanging on by the skin of his teeth. I firmly believe he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I know that we share, you know, the same ideologies that we are aligned. You know, I, I love everything he's come forward with in terms of his policy ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's, I, I think Julian would love to be a vice presidential candidate. Yeah. And I think that would be great for Latinos everywhere because as we've talked about, you know, the Latino vote before, you know, you've got your, um, you know, the deep Catholic, um, yeah. pro-life, uh, I vote Republican type of Latinos. Then you have people like me who I would say are Latinos of privilege, right? Um, who we get out there and we're like, no Latino has ever made it this far any time before. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally love seeing one of my brethren up on the stage doing such good work. And then he goes and pulls this ages yeah. shit and that, that bummed me out. But then I got over it and it took about 24 hours and, um, he's coming to Oakland next week and I'm going to go have lunch with him. <laughs> really? Yes, Seriously? Yes. Wow. That is so cool. Oh my god! And, and me, me, and a bunch of other people. I mean, right. it's not like just me and Julian. I like, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I paid, I paid money for that privilege. Yeah. But I think it's important to have brilliant, um, decent uh, people of color, uh, you know, on this, on this, you know, national stage. I, I really I, do. Yeah, me too. And let me ask you this though: Do you think that it damaged his? Um, yes. Like, for VP. Um, yeah, I think, I think the vice presidential nominee, did I say that right? The the pick for VP has to be a person of color. No, but I I mean, do you think that he damaged his chances to be chosen for VP because of what he Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I do. I think, um, I I think there, I think the vice presidential vice, uh, candidate, is that correct? Did I say that right? Yeah. Because you're a candidate for VP because you're right. Um, I think that that has to be, um, a black person. Yeah. Because we need, we need, Andrew if it's Gillum, Elizabeth Gillum Warren, oh my God, and would, would Warren Gillum just be That would be amazing. Sick. But then what about, let me ask you this, what about War- Warren O'Rourke? No, it can't be. Because? It just, it just, because it's, because is Beto going to get the black vote? Right. But then he could maybe get Texas. Maybe he didn't yeah. get Texas last time. Well, it was by the skin of its teeth, and then uh, that that Ted Cruz, you know, won by a narrow margin compared with you know prior elections where he just beat him. So yeah, you're right though. I mean, we do have to. We do. It have has to, to be a person of color. We cannot yeah. continue to ignore yeah. the the black, Latino, Asian. Yeah. Um. You know. It, it, w- come on. Yeah. And, and, and for that matter, I want to, I just want to, we have to win. (laughs) Yeah, we do. It's all about 2020. You know, um, I mean, I, I think, I don't know what's happening with Kamala. You know how deep I was in early on. Well, you're the second one. You're the second person. And I'm not going to say who the, the, 
No, I'm sorry. You were the first person. There's another person who I'm not going to say because I don't feel that I'm at liberty. I don't know that it's a woman, but I don't know that she's made an announcement. But a woman that I know was fully in on Kamala sends me a text message, text message the other day and says, okay, I'm, I'm for Warren. And so I was, and, and I didn't even ask why. I just said, you know, wow, you know, that's awesome. And I know that she attended the New York uh, rally with 20,000 people and was just so impressed. But she, she decided to go all in for Warren before the rally. Um, but she basically just said, you know, she aligns with everything, I think. I want to say this, though. And I think, you know, I don't know if you saw clips of Warren at her rally, but she was fierce, man. She was really impressive. And she stayed after that rally for four hours to do selfie pictures. So what that means is all this, like all these people are taking pictures of Elizabeth Warren and posting it all over social media. And this is a way for uh, a positive way for her to be introduced, you know, for, for people to be introduced to her um, if they're not familiar with her through their friends, you know, in a positive way. She's so brilliant. But Kamala Harris kicked serious ass on debate night, I thought. And I thought, you know what? Oh, yeah, I saw I saw a little bit of it. But again, I, I had to turn it off after the, the wheels started coming off of the Castro train. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciated, number one, not only did she speak directly to Trump... In yes, a prosecutorial, so yeah, she was prosecute prosecutorial. She was a freaking badass, and I, yeah. she just made me like cheer so loud. And then, She's so great. And then she had the, the, what's the word I want to say? Well, basically, when they were talking about healthcare, she's like, "Okay, hold up." We have to also talk about how Trump is trying to destroy health care, not just how we're going to improve it, but what they're doing, what the Republicans are doing to destroy health care. So she did bring, unfortunately, nobody um, said, hey, I need to talk about reproductive issues. No one brought that up on their own because the, uh, the people who are hosting the debate, clearly, they're not bringing it up. So, you know, now that Gillibrand is out of the race... Uh, nobody is bringing up reproductive issues. So I think that is something that the candidates should do on their own um, if those questions aren't brought up. But, you know, Kamala brought up the fact that the Republicans are trying to kill our health care. So I think that's extremely important. And I think I wish that I wish we could, like, combine the powers of, of Harris and Warren so that, you know, Harris could debate him or, like, you know, she, she's the one who could... She, I think she would be, do a fantastic job campaigning against him. Although I don't right. believe he's going to debate. I don't see him debating. I don't think he's going to do it. Do you? I don't know. You know what? I'll tell you this. I think that he would chicken out of the debates with everybody with the exception of Biden. I think that he could... I think he would feel confident that he could make Biden look silly. Can I, he... Can he... Like... Can he just choose not to debate? Is that, of course he can. His, of course yeah, he okay. can. He's doing whatever the fuck he wants. He's not right. debating I mean, any that, of the... That was, uh, forgive me. That was so <laughs> stupid of me to even ask that question. He does whatever the fuck yeah. he wants. He's just basically, he's lawless. Including break the law. Yeah. Every single day. Every single day he is emolumenting his ass off. Every single day he is Putin's bitch. Mm -hmm. Every single day he is MBS's bitch. Mm -hmm. Every single day he is Netanyahu's bitch. Every single day he is a, an accused rapist. Mm -hmm. Every single day... He lies to the American public, and every single day, the Republican Party continues to co-sign yeah. 
all of his crimes. Right. So that he he's going to be able like he's not he's not going to be. In fact, not only is he not debating the people who are primarying him, the Republicans are making it possible so that he doesn't have to. So, you know, I mean, we've got it. You know, I think California and another state who I can't remember um, has said that if you do not and they're blue states. But if if you if you do not show us your tax returns, you're not on the ballot. This is brilliant, and we need to do. I mean, of course, red states aren't going to do it, but you know, I think, I think all states should do it. I think presidents should have to show their tax records, and you know, but yeah, I don't, th- I don't know. I think that he feels, and I'm not saying this is not what I think. I think Trump thinks he can beat Biden in a debate. I think Trump would look forward to debating Biden. I think that he would be afraid to debate Elizabeth Warren and oh. Kamala Harris. Well, here, you know, you we've talked about this before, too, but Kamala Harris triggers the shit out of white Republican males. Yeah. <laughs> Why? No. Why? Because she's brilliant. Yeah. She's not afraid of them. And and she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what to do with any of that. Right. Because they view women as objects. Yeah. Okay? They view women as less than, and they don't. They just they don't know how to. You know what I mean? Like they just lose their mind. Like what do I do? What do I say? I don't know how to. I don't know how to be in a room with her. Yeah. Yeah, they're terrified. Yeah, I mean, and I I still would love for her to be the AG. I think that she would be phenomenal. I I will say this too. I have criticized her in the past of. Um, when she's like being interviewed that she reaches for words and it's not a criticism that I think would have anything to do with how she would govern. I trust Mm -hmm. that. I trust how she would govern and I think she would be a good and effective president. But you know, you've Mm -hmm. got to deal with optics in a campaign and and the optics reaches for words. Like, I'm sorry to, I just want to clarify reaches for words. Like she, she pauses and like gathers her thoughts. A, it sounds like she's uh, a little casual. And be like, for instance, if you were to watch an interview with her compared to the way, um, uh, what's her name? Oh, God, we just said her name and my mind is going to the one, uh, <laughs> Stacey Abrams. Stacey oh, yeah. Abrams is sharp. She, she oh, doesn't, she doesn't oh. reach for a damn thing. That woman has all the stats in her head. She's ready to go. Kamala sometimes gets a little giggly and she, she it's like she's and, doing and a, and a hint, this. And a hint snarky kind of yeah she can well i don't mind the snark because it's not been overused but it's kind of like when she's reaching for and you you think that she's trying to it's like and when you watch stacy abrams that point <laughs> is fucking set and she ha- there is oh, no dude. reaching for it so that's what i mean but i want to well, say the exactly. last the last interview that i saw her i think it was on uh, monday night she talked to uh, Rachel Maddow and she Who? Abrams or Abrams or, or Kamala Connie. Harris, Kamala Harris. And I found her to she, it's like she cleaned up her act a little bit with the interviews because she was she did a tiny bit of the reaching, but really nothing. She was much sharper and she was much more, in my opinion, presidential. So, you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. picking on her only because I want her to be good. And, and sometimes I see you know, you watch somebody and you're like, oh, you need to clean that up. You need to make that better. It's like yeah. when, when I watched, sometimes I think Elizabeth Warren came al- came off a little bit too, oh, and then, but I think she, you know, like <laughs> last, last, the, the, the rally, not at all, man. 
She was freaking. Look, <laughs> yeah, look, look. Let me oh. just tell you, look. But she still does I, that. I, that. That guy, that guy <laughs> was in line. So was the guy in the selfie line. And for four hours, let me tell you something. Look, <laughs> look he's Rachel. all in. Yeah. He's all in too. It's, we need. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's there's a school, enough, she was a school teacher. Enough, everybody, everybody deserves a shot. Yeah. Everybody deserves a chance. I wish, I'm going to perfect that, that, um, <laughs> Well, I was worried initially because I thought that she wasn't going to be able to make it just based on the softness of her voice. And I'm glad that I was wrong. Um, I was mm. afraid that she would come off as just too sweet. And um, but, you know, watching her, uh, I didn't watch the entire rally, but I watched snippets of it. And man, she was really strong. She, she's she's won me over so hardcore. I just I think that she's amazing. Mm. And so I think she's also to she's she's not as much um, as that. Oh, and ex you know, like overly excited. I think she's becoming a little bit more. Uh, and I hate, I hate to criticize this, but it's only out of the fact that. Um, and I just, I just like fucking slammed some guy for criticizing the way she speaks. But it, it, basically, I think. But women get that shit all the time. We're always people imitated Obama constantly. Please, yeah, I know, but it's uh, but we love her. We absolutely love her, and all I want is for her to come off as being capable and strong because I know that she is. I just want her to appear that way, and I believe she's doing that. And I do believe that Kamala Harris is getting better and better at interviews. And so, you know, I mean, I don't think Kamala's got a chance right now. It's still early, but she's polling so low, and um, compared to the other ones, the three that are at the top are Warren. And last night, I think it was. Rachel did um, did a uh, you know it was breaking down I think since June so Biden has risen five points since June Bernie Sanders has only risen one point since June but Warren has risen six she's in the number two spot next to Biden he's still far ahead but uh, she came up the most out of the both of them she gained more uh, even though she's still in second place. So I think there's room. She just needs to, to, to find that message to the black community to get them to feel comfortable with her and, you know, and, and get their, their votes. She needs to figure out a way to do that or she's not going to make it. That's what right. I think. And, and I need her to make it. But, um, you know, and the thing about Joe Biden is like, I would rather see, uh, you know, it's, it's not that I, it's not about Joe Biden, well, I want a woman to win. I want a woman to win the nomination and then go on to win the election. Um, but if it's not going to be a woman, I would prefer to see somebody else, not Biden. It's not going to be anybody else because they're not polling. But, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, I would prefer to see somebody like, I don't know, Pete Buttigieg, even though he's not ready. I, I would feel no, he's or, not or, ready. He's not I, ready. I, and I, I, don't, Cothra, I, don't which want, I don't I don't want Biden. I don't either, but you know, he—it's a very strong chance it could happen because I think we're just. But guess you know, what? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. If it's Biden, what what red state am I going to knock doors in? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I'll do it. I'll do it for Bernie too. Yeah, I do me it for too. Anybody. And I don't even I don't I'm all I don't in. even like Bernie. I'm all in. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like starving Biden. to death. You know, I I'm real hungry at lunchtime, and I don't necessarily want calamari but i'm so hungry i'm gonna eat it yeah exactly and that's i think that's just the bottom line we're we're all <laughs> we've got to all take on this attitude um you know what i want to switch gears and talk a little bit about um i want to talk about uh fucking kavanaugh because oh fuck um, me 
this is upsetting on so many levels. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad it's coming out. But basically, the deal is we're finding out that there were accusers that were credible that the FBI ignored. Duh. We knew that. We had one week last September uh, where the FBI was supposed to be doing a really fair and balanced investigation. And, of course, they didn't do jack shit. And they didn't talk to people who they should talk to. And a rapist got on the Supreme Court. An accused mm-hmm. rapist. Um and so, you know, I, this has kind of been interesting because Sherry Jacobus has tweeted out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look. Okay, Sherry wrote, um, George Conway, after years of operating in obscurity, and then she puts in uh, parentheses Paula Jones, strategically stepped into the limelight as a never-Trumper, infiltrated the private meetings, and convinced prominent never-Trumpers to back Kavanaugh. This helped tip... Senator Susan Collins and others to vote for him. By the way, I was in those meetings when I walked in one day and saw George Conway sitting there. I knew something wasn't right. Within weeks, Justice Kennedy announced his retirement. The rest became clear. Conway obviously knew Kennedy was retiring and and was charged with helping Kavanaugh. So then Kavanaugh, I mean, I'm sorry, Conway says to her, I don't know who you are and you're a liar. Um, Now, the left has been loving George Conway because he's been going after Trump. And all I can say is he's married to a woman who is working for Trump, taking Trump's or taking money, lying to the American people. And he's okay with her lies, but not Trump's. Bullshit. I do not believe this guy (laughs) is on the side of Democrats or he may not like Trump, but he certainly enjoys the money. And I wrote that on Twitter and somebody's like, well, he doesn't need it because he's a lawyer. That has nothing to do with it. His wife makes that money and they have a combined income and he enjoys the perks of that money where Mm -hmm. she's lying to the people. So all his Washington Post op-eds about how, you know, inept Trump is are meaningless when they can go on vacations and you know and and somebody suggested that they're separated i don't know if that's true oh god all i know is that he is married to kellyanne conway and kellyanne conway is just as fucking bad as trump because she lies for him so i don't trust this guy and i don't trust people who are playing footsie with him on twitter and all the democrats that act like he's this great fucking guy what's your problem what are you doing mm-hmm. i don't understand this and it, you know, I was just going crazy. And the thing is, is that here we are. We are women living in a country where an acu- a, a, a accused rapist, credibly accused by multiple women, is on the Supreme Court, is in the Oval Office. And we're just all sitting here watching it. And it's like, I just, I feel so angry about this. And I feel assaulted. I feel not safe. Mm-hmm. I feel like my friends and my my nieces and my sisters and family aren't safe. Mm-hmm. I feel like if something were to happen to me and I were to report it, no one would give a shit. And I have, I, I, I'm justified in that feeling. Whether it was you me, are. yeah, me or you or anybody, any woman that I know, I don't care who you are. And, right, right. And this Kavanaugh it, thing is just bringing it all back. It's just it's it's really difficult because, I mean, it's hard enough watching the president obstructing justice and, you know, everything is turning to shit and he's rolling back everything that Obama did, everything good. That's really hard. It's it's hard watching Lewandowski obstruct and and act like a fucking asshole in front of Congress. It's, It's hard to watch our norms and traditions being thrown out. But what kills me inside is that it's it's all being done by rapists and abusers and misogynists 
it's 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 sickening to me. Um, it, the whole you, you know remember I went back to D.C. to protest Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah. Because, I mean, I mean we knew it. Yeah, we knew it from the start. His behavior, like I heard Amy Klobuchar saying yesterday, I was in the room. Okay, when Lindsey Graham lost his freaking mind. Remember? Yes. When he was like spitting and like the teeth were showing, he's like, ah, and his eyes were bulging out of his head. I watched Kamala hand it to him. And I was sitting next to, um, a, uh, an activist. I don't, I think they were from be a hero, but someone who was in a, a disabled, um, LGBTQ activist was sitting next to me and they shot up out of their wheelchair because you only got like 20 minutes in the room mm-hmm. and then they escorted you out because there were so many people that wanted yeah. to come in and watch yeah. and protest. <laughs> and it was like 4,052 degrees in right. D.C. that day and we didn't give a shit. We were standing out there like we were, we were that guy in the selfie line for four hours right, at Elizabeth exactly. Warren's rally. We were all that guy. And <laughs> so we get in there and, and I'm, I'm sitting in the Senate hearing room with all of our people who we look up to and then all of the corrupt mothers on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And and then Brett Kavanaugh, who's spitting and crying <laughs> and, and losing his mind because he's being accused of things he didn't uh-huh. do. And I like I beer. Like beer. <laughs> we I like beer. Do you like beer, Amy? Oh my God! What a Do you, dick! Have you ever have you ever blacked out? Have you? What a the fucking fuck? dick! Yeah, he lies to Congress so, and all of this. He lies to Congress. His wife. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's going on there? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sitting next to this person, who like musters up all their strength, comes up out of their wheelchair upon us being escorted out. And screams, what about my rights? What What is going on? Like, you people in this room are, are wrong yeah. with all of this. Like, you're, you are dismissing, you're missing the point, yeah. Senate Republicans, okay? Mm-hmm. We have people who are living disabled and at a disadvantage and ignored and cast to the side and shoved so far out on the margins that survival is almost impossible. Mm -hmm. We have women all over this country who are afraid to report sexual abuse because they know it's going to fall on deaf ears and because they know it's going to get turned on them and they're going to get slut shamed. We saw that happen to Dr. Blasey Ford. Mm -hmm. A woman who sat before our entire nation, our world, and did one of the hardest mm-hmm. things. I mean, telling, mustering up the courage to like reconcile what happened mm-hmm. is one thing. But then going out there and sitting on a world stage only to be met with aggressive cross-examination from misogynistic white men who will do absolutely anything to hang on to their power. They don't care about us. Well, even chicks, about- chicks on the right were mocking her because they said she had vocal fry. 
Well, those women. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's the, the thing is, it's not just white misogynist men. It's women on the right who were also engaging in the slut shaming and the uh, making fun of her. I yes. mean, they would never do that if it was one of them, obviously. If it was a Republican woman, they take everything they say so seriously and literally. But then, you know, God forbid it's not a Republican woman, then they're... then. They mock them and they call them sluts and they say that they asked for it or whatever, whatever the stupid shit the, the the rape culture slang is. Do you think because I, I've got to believe like, it, you know, sexual abuse is pervasive. So it doesn't, you know, abusers don't go, well, she's a Republican and she supports Trump, so I'm not going to rape her. Um, what happens when those women are abused? Do they just stuff it? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine they they do, because also, so so does what, you know, take partisan politics out of it. What happens when women get assaulted? Most of the time, they, I mean, look, I remember watching, um, what was the name of that movie with Jodie Foster when she was raped? The Accused. The Accused. So, I don't know, maybe I was in my early 20s, maybe my late teens when that came out. Um, I mean, I was kind of already aware, but that really sealed the deal. When you report a rape... You're the one who pays the price. The you're going to be, um, you're going to be accused of asking for it. You're going to be said that you drank too much. The clothes that you wore invited it. I understood that before I understood what rape culture was. But you know, I was a young girl coming up in the world, learning that women who get raped, if they, if they get raped, they're they're the ones who are going to have to pay for it over and over and over again. You know, I mean, I, I don't remember the outcome of that movie. Maybe the guys that uh, raped her were held accountable. I don't know. But, but the process, even, even if you're fortunate enough to get, you know, to get a trial where uh, the guy is found guilty, that trial is traumatic because you're being cross-examined for things that make no sense, for a violent crime that was committed. If you were walking down the street and you got beat up, whether you're yeah. male or female, nobody asks you what you were wearing. Nobody says that you were inviting it. It's only rape. Only rape. Correct. So, you know, I mean, I learned very young that that's, that's something that you want to avoid rape for two reasons. Number one, you don't want to be raped. Number two, if you are raped, then you're going to get cross-examined and treated like you asked for it. Well, and then you're going to be a, a 17-year-old girl who feels like she brought it on herself. Yeah. Because that's how that's how girls are meant to feel. Yeah. So whether you're it's, a Republican it's, it's, or not, you're going to not correct. say anything. I mean, but so how how is it? But my question is, how does somebody like how do people like chicks on the right mock a woman who is um, very credibly recounting her story? Um, how how do you reconcile that as a woman? Like I, that's what I don't get. Yeah, I don't. Do either. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's because they bought into. The, the culture? Yes, they bought into the... And yeah. it's also they're, they're kind so of maintaining yeah. their brand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think what happens I mean, is, I'm legitimately asking because to me it, well, it's it, it seems just... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really necessarily have the answer. I can only guess. But I mean, you know, they've got their brand, which is their brand, but then they also have the brand of the party, which is Trumpism. Um, mm-hmm. And so they are the leaders who put out the talking points to regular voters. So right. when regular voters see chicks on the right mocking 
um, uh, somebody like Blasey Ford, then they feel like justified in doing it. And it just trickles down. Mm-hmm. They, they see the white men mm-hmm. doing it on TV. And then and then the women find ways to, you know, discount whatever mm-hmm. they won't discount. uh What's her name? The woman who says that she was raped by Bill Clinton, which, by the way, um, Juanita Broderick. Yes, I, I don't necessarily. I'm not one to say let's just automatically believe every woman who um, who accuses a, a you know a politician. Um, mm-hmm. I say we take each and every allegation very seriously because very when serious. it comes to politics, there is there is. Um, that unfortunate angle where it's, you know, it's a dirty trick or it's, it's an mm-hmm, attempt mm-hmm. to, you know, change voters' minds. So, and, and, and I say that on both sides of the aisle. I mean, I, I think it hap- would happen more with the Republicans because they play a lot dirtier. But, um, but it's not that I'm saying we shouldn't believe women. I think that we just need to take them seriously. I think we do need to, be, in, in the bigger sense, when it, take out politics, take out politicians, we should always believe uh, people who say that they've been raped or assaulted always believe them. But I think when it comes down to something like this with Juanita Broderick, I don't know what happened. I cannot call her a liar. I can't. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. I, what I do know is Bill Clinton is a sniffing dog and he cheated on Hillary Clinton multiple times. Does that make him a racist n- rapist? No. But he was also hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. And flying on his plane. So there's questionable, there's all kinds of questionable activity with Bill Clinton that makes me believe that it's absolutely possible. I'm not going to say that it's likely, but it's absolutely possible. So what the difference is, is they automatically believe her, Broderick, and then they don't believe Blasey Ford. Whereas I look at Broderick and I say, hey, look, she's saying that she was raped. I think we should, you know, check this out. I don't, I don't know that there was even investigation into Bill Clinton. Um, I don't know if she ever even asked for an investigation. I don't know enough about it. Do you know? I don't. I know that that she was incredibly vocal. Yeah. Um, and and also sitting in the front row. Right. Um, at Trump's was it a debate? I don't know. Well, what's really so odd, what's really odd to me though, is you've got a woman who's saying that Bill Clinton raped her, yet she's supporting a man who's been credibly accused of rape by like twenty women, and who said that. Um, you know, he grabs women by the pussy and said, women, you've got to treat them like shit. That's an actual quote from Trump. So it's very odd to me that a woman who claims that she was raped by one man is supporting another man who's accused of rape. I think that's weird. I think it's weird, too. Um, I think it's weird, too. It makes me it makes me not trust her. But, you know, prior to all of that, I would say, look, if she's saying that she was raped, we need to take her very seriously. We need, we need to find out. And so it, since you can't go back and prove rape years later, you can only talk to people that they knew, what were they saying at the time, and try to determine it that way. And, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know exactly how far she went with the police and all of that, but I, I do believe that what she says is kind of suspect because, again, if she's a Trump supporter, then what the fuck is she thinking? Why is she supporting <laughs> a fucking, you I know? don't know. That's the classic double standard and, yeah. like, defeating the purpose of what we fight so hard to avoid and and overcome well you know as we all know shit is fucked up (laughs) shit Mm -hmm. is fucked up and um i don't know i mean we're certainly not going to solve it all today but it's it's always nice to kind of talk about it because uh, you know i mean you're doing your thing 
and you've got your jobs and your family and your kids and you're, you're immersing yourself in getting elected for city council, which I really, really hope that you do. And um, I'm going to put a link into the description of the show so that people can go follow you. They can donate to your campaign, follow oh, you on Twitter. I love it. Um, but uh, what was I just going to say? Um, you, you know, because you're not paying attention as much, good for you because at least you're able to, you know, but I am in this every day and it's some, some days are great. You know, like I had a a tweet that went viral recently and it was to Geraldo and it wasn't even that I, I'm so happy that it went viral. What I'm happy about is the last I checked his light, his tweet that basically said, Oh, when are we going to stop? Um, you know, the Kavanaugh shit. Yeah, basically. Um, got 10,000 likes. My tweet has no 40 way. yeah, my tweet has 40,000 likes. So No, it, it does not. Yes, it does. It, 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 you <laughs> are kidding me. But but basically Who I I said are you? <laughs> Cuz he said something like what ha-, you know, everybody's done things to be embarrassed and I said I never I never turned up the music so I could rape someone. I never shoved my genitals in a boy's face and I never covered a boy's face uh, and laughed while he cried. And I said, this isn't getting drunk and falling down. This is sexual assault and you're excusing it. So every, it's resonating. And so, yeah, woohoo, I get 40,000 likes. But more than that, the, the tweet was liked more because this is how people feel. People mm-hmm. are like, yes, you fucking yeah. asshole Geraldo. Your shirtless fucking picture, motherfucker. Um, I hate him so much. I hate him. But, um, you know, excusing rape. He's just excusing sexual assault. But I'm glad to see that, um, you know, I also did a, a thing of the video of of Kavanaugh and his wife where she just, God, she just looks like he's an abuser. And that, that got over 20,000 likes on it because people, you know, I mean, this was a, a video that was out last year. I remember seeing it last year, and it's resurfaced because of what's happened. But, um, you know, I, I'm glad that people are paying attention to it. But, again, he's on the Supreme Court for the rest of his life. And we all have to sit back and fucking deal with this. And every day I deal with this, and it's like, it's just so overwhelming. And so talking about it, whether it's to you or other people, it just, it kind of helps because it's like, it gets just like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's like scream. And then you feel a little bit better. Yeah. It's like crying yeah. and then you feel a little bit better. Yeah. With there, there's just so much, um, oh, it's just so hard. You know, you look at like the, 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 the national stage, right. And all, all that's going on, which we've been talking about this entire, how long we've we been over an, an hour. hour. Um, but then I look into my own community and we look into our own communities and we see, you know, housing and homelessness crises that are just, that are, it's dire. It's, it's a, it is a, it's a, not just, we got to fix this thing. It's a crisis in Oakland where I live, which is like super blue, super liberal. Um, we have uh, a homelessness problem that has in the last two years increased, Mm -hmm. By 47%. Those are unhoused people in our own community. 50% of those people in the last two years have been pushed out because they can't afford their housing. They've been displaced. So we have, you know, we need to build more low, middle, and market rate housing for sure. But we need to solve the problem for unhoused individuals, people who live in this community you know, on the streets. Yeah. My girlfriend so in LA said there's, up. yeah, she was saying there's a huge homeless problem in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
you know, climate also would indicate that like it's easier to live on the street. And I say easy, that's like such the wrong word. Right. I was out in my community meeting people and, you know, that's a big thing. Like we have got to work to do that. And we have an assembly member who covers our district who is just so unbelievable. And the California State Assembly just finished up for the year. You know, they she passed nine bills. She she wow. co-authored nine bills. Um, and and one is to streamline project development when they include 20% affordable, affordable housing. Like, yes, we will push to get that built faster. Yeah. That's, that's just one thing that she's done. Um, I, I'm so, I, I, I'm focusing on my community. I want to make my community better. I want to collaborate with other, uh, other city leaders to get stuff done for the people of Oakland and to make it a better, safer, um, amazing place to live because it is an amazing place to live but we've got a you know we were people of color in this community are just being pushed further and further Mm -hmm. out onto the margins because they can't afford to live here yeah right that's why i became a realtor this first i knew i could have freedom and flexibility with my schedule Mm -hmm. but because i could focus on getting people who may not have a full 20 percent to put down and work with lenders who cater to that yeah and and like you want to stay in oakland let's go find you a house in oakland that you can afford and let me help you with a little bit of you know uh let me help you find some down payment assistance or find a loan that works for you where you only have to put three and a half percent down did you know that was an option like i'm just trying i want to put my money where my mouth is so bad because i love where i live and i love the thought of true ethnic and socioeconomic diversity in my own community that I have to live that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have to live that. And anyway, that's what that, that I'm, I'm off my soapbox now, <laughs> but I know you agree with me. So I, I absolutely get mad if I said it. Of course yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get mad, but I think it's time that we're going to wrap up. I want to say that we're going to go over to end another thing. I'm going to talk about a little bit and then you can just weigh in and say what you have to say. I wrote something yesterday titled, I, I need new legs, new breasts. He reduced her entire being into body parts. Mm. This is what some, a man that my mother had been with for three years said to her when he broke up with her. I need new legs, new breasts. So Come I, on, I started thinking about things that were said to me by certain people over my lifetime that were um, specifically gender related and mm. made me feel either insecure or Mm -hmm. made me question my position in life as a woman. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I just want to, I want to cover some of those things because oftentimes now, not that I need new legs, but oftentimes some of these things that were said to me and said to others are, are coming from, I want to help you. I want to show you the right way. And they think they're helping. It's like mansplainers, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they think mm-hmm. they're helping mm-hmm. you, but what they're doing is, is they're actually hurting you. So I want, I just want to go over that. But in the meantime, um, follow Steph on Twitter. <laughs> Give us your handles. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Steph for Oakland, F-O-R, Steph for Oakland. I would love some love on that one because <laughs> it's all about my hometown. Yeah. And then also the other things that I, that I, you know, want to take a stand on. Um, and I, I could use your love and support. You know, I am in the early stages of fundraising for this campaign and I need to show my opponent that I meet business. I've already outraised him by the way. Yay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep, let's but keep I that need, up. But I have to keep it going. I have to raise $143,000. Wow. 
okay, by the end of next March. So any, you know, I, I also have to say, I want to give a shout out to some people. I see, I, I'm through Act Blue, mm-hmm. right? And and you can go to Steph for Oakland uh, at Twitter or www.stephforoakland.com and you can find out how to donate there. If you believe in electing more women, and if you believe in supporting a woman of color who is a parent and who has been working whatever job necessary to help mm-hmm. put food on the table for her family and who is me <laughs> <laughs> and who believes in in the Equal Rights Amendment and who believes that we need gun control reform right this minute and who believes in supporting public education for all children and who believes that teachers need to be paid what they're worth and need to get out of their cars where they're sleeping and into affordable housing in their own communities, then vote for me. And if, if you live in District 1 in Oakland, and if you just believe in that and we need more of that across this country in every community, then donate to my campaign. Yeah. Um, I have seen names that I've never heard of in my life. Some $5 donations. Some people who listen to this podcast have given me a hundred bucks. Wow, that's awesome. I am not kidding. I cry tears of joy. And I write a handwritten thank you note to every single person. Because if we are not accessible to the to our, our constituents, then what the hell are we doing in government? Exactly. And And so that's why I'm in this. And I truly believe that, you know... One last thing, one last, you know, I volunteer at the school mm-hmm. in my community. School just started again a month ago and I got back in there a couple weeks ago and I'm in a new class. I was in with, with transitional kindergarten. So five-year-olds from September to December and then they go, now they're all in K. And I showed up on campus in my third grade class this year. And these kids, um, the teacher said, they call me Miss Steph. It's so cute. <laughs> Miss Steph Aww. was with me in, tra- in TK last year. And now she's she followed me into third grade because she wanted to you know meet you guys and spend time with you guys. She's running for office. <laughs> she's running for city council, and she goes and she's going to answer your questions. So anybody have a question? So the kids put their hands up. What's your name? I'm so and so. I'm so and so. One little girl puts her hand in the air and she goes, Miss Steph, are you a president? Oh my god, that's so cute. Oh my and god. I go, and I was like. I mean, I, I stayed strong, but I just wanted to like, like shoot the tears out like a cartoon character. Like, (laughs) and I said, I go, not yet. And then we laugh and she was like, what they kids, kids of children of color need to see people that look like them running for office. Yes. I am. I too was a third grader on a reduced lunch. Okay, we paid a dime for my lunch in third and fourth grade. My parents didn't have shit. They worked to have something. And it was back in the 70s when you could struggle and be broke and drink powdered milk and eat mustard sandwiches and then get your graduate degree and have the pick of five kick-ass job offers. That is not a thing anymore. Yeah. Okay, and I'm building to try to restore a middle class and to try to restore opportunity in my own community so little girls like that and all the rest of her classmates can look and say, are you a president? And someday maybe that person answers yes. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Thank you for your support. I'm getting all emotional. (laughs) Oh, 
Well, I hope you guys support her because she totally deserves it. Obviously, you know, she's filled with heart. And I'm going to be including all the links on the text of the Patreon description. And I just want to remind everybody um, that, and I haven't ever said this before, but we're on iTunes and we're also on Stitcher and we're also on any other place where you get podcasts. And so FYI, if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes, I'll be your best, best friend forever. So, and um, she's not even joking. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to be saying this more often now. I'm going to be bringing up the fact that we're on iTunes. Um, but then don't forget to give us your, your love and feedback or even your criticisms or whatever you have to say on patreon.com slash start me up um, so that we can, you know, hear what you have to say. Sometimes we're going to reply to you, not just on the comment section, but on the show. We can talk about if, if you're, you know, agreeing or disagreeing. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And Steph's other um, Twitter handle oh, is... Oh, yeah, is, at Lady Brain Show. Right. So, um, so that's it for today. And we're going to be talking to Nick Knudsen from Demcast tomorrow, which, again, we're a part of that, uh, that whole network. And we're going to explain it to you tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to be learning from Nick. Uh, I know that Start Me Up is a part of Demcast Network. So this is just the beginning of something that sounds really cool, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow. But uh, hopefully you like what you heard today, and you're so excited, and you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a patron for $5 and listen to End Another Thing. So we will see you on the other side. <laughs>